0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
1: Hi, this is former Pro Bowl center for the Buffalo Bills, Eric Wood, and you're listening to Nate and the Fellas on the Circling the Wagons podcast on the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Go, Bills. Right here, right now. Hey, hey, let's go, Buffalo! Hey, hey, let's go, Buffalo. Hey, hey, let's go, Buffalo! The Bills make me wanna welcome to the Circling the Wagons podcast, a podcast discussing the Bills all year round with interviews, news, recaps, and
0: insightful fan discussion. Most times, here's your host and lifelong Bills fan, Nate. The Bills bungle the divisional round of the playoffs to the Bengals, 27-10, to to end the 2022 season and put Bills fans right in the driver's seat to of the offseason, <laughs> of the offseason of paying attention to free agency, the draft, uh, all that fun stuff, all that stuff that we're going to talk about uh, in this episode of Circling the Wagons. Um, Hello, everyone. Welcome to this recap episode of Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host, Nate, and this episode is brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at DeLago. If you're in the western New York or central New York area, do yourselves a favor. Check out the DeLago Resort and Casino. Kyle Brandt, our buddy Kyle Brandt, was just there this last uh, weekend on his way to watch the Buffalo Bills uh play the Cincinnati Bengals. He stopped there. I was like, oh cool. You know, that's it's cool to see uh, other famous people enjoying it besides us. <laughs> not not famous at all like Brant, but uh it was cool. So if you're in the area, so Western New York, Central New York area, check out the DraftKings Sportsbook at DeLago. Uh, it's the Jewel of Waterloo. Uh we are going to discuss uh just just an there's just so many things to get into in this loss to the Bengals, a lot of it's going to be venting a lot of it's going to be discussion of this neck of of the upcoming offseason what the bills need to do to improve there's just going to be a lot of general discussion and as well and, and and i might be able to get to some tweets from uh the listeners as well uh and also maybe we'll do our giveaways at the end too and also the thank yous uh as i like to do at the last episode um each week But for now, I'm joined by my co-host, John, and uh, Mike's coming back from the game, so I don't know if he'll be able to join us tonight, but hopefully he can. Uh, But, John, uh, the Bills were able to win in a lot of different ways this season, it felt like. Uh, Usually the offense would win the game for the Buffalo Bills, but sometimes if the offense was sputtering, the the Bills' defense would bail them out. Sometimes, uh, just only a couple of times, did the Bills' special teams really bail them out? So they were able to win in many different facets. Like, if something wasn't, you know, working, then they could turn to something else. It felt like that all season. And I was, I just was under the impression that, like, I, I've said this before on the podcast the last couple of weeks, that the Bills lose in the postseason this year, the playoffs this year, it's going to be because of something that the Bills do. Like, they shoot themselves in the foot, like they did against the Dolphins the week before or something to that effect, I didn't see them losing this way against the Bengals. I guess I didn't see them losing in a, in a manner where they were outcoached and outplayed in all three facets of the game. Um, I didn't see a way where like someone didn't step up when like the offense was sputtering, the defense didn't step up, and the defense was sputtering, the offense didn't step up. Like, nothing. No one stepped up, and the Bills didn't shoot themselves in the foot. They just didn't come and perform. They were out coached. They were outplayed. Everything. Um, so uh, this was a this was a defeating win. Um, it felt uh, so much different than last year. Last year's loss to the Chiefs was just frustrating. It it was just heart wrenching. This was just like I mean, the Bills went down in the first quarter and they never even really had a shot in it. They were only within one score at the very zero zero. And the first touchdown the Bengals scored, and then like once throughout the entire game, but the Bengals never looked back. Uh, this was a defeating win as a, as a Bills fan, John, and we're left with a lot of questions going into the off season. Uh What were your thoughts on the loss today, and uh, did you feel a lot of those same feelings that I felt?
1: Oh, hey, Nate. I uh, was really hoping I wouldn't have to talk in this episode, but... Uh... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're right. The... They were out offense and defense, um, and they also didn't execute. They didn't. They didn't block well. They didn't tackle well, and the game plan on both sides of the ball wasn't that great either. Uh, it was just really bad all around. Like that, you would th- like you, you like you you said like like you'd think that no turnovers. You know, like they have the last three or four weeks. They they've had all these turnovers. Now they're playing a good team. Oh, no turnovers in the you know last pass of the game doesn't count. They should win, right? N- no. <laughs> they just fell apart completely as a whole. It's an entire football team. Um it it was really um disappointing and depressing and your immediate thought is like, you know, last year was supposed to be the year and then like the now does the window close after this year because of the salary cap and who they might be losing and there's no money left and how are they going to move things around? What are they going to do in the draft and all these other things? And it's like, I, like, obviously this is going to be good, but like that, that caliber of a team, are they going to get back to that? I mean, Cincinnati, as far as an AFC opponent, was the scariest team for me. I, I was not super confident heading into this game. Um, If they won this game, I'd be... Much more confident against the Chiefs next week. Um, if they made it past that, the Eagles and Forty Nine ers scare me the most in the NFC. So you know, who knows? Um,
0: but yeah, I, I don't know. It just sucks all around. Well, you were we were talking before we started recording, like the feelings between last year and this year. And I think you brought up something really important that I hadn't thought about until you mentioned it. Was that. The heading so the Bills were thirteen and three this year, um, better record than the previous season. But last season I felt so much more confident about this team in the postseason than this year. Like you kinda of mentioned it. Like we got in and like we won, but like we weren't on a hot streak. We weren't hot going into the playoffs like we were when we were eleven and six in twenty twenty one right like that year like we were hot going into there we won like three or four straight or whatever we dominated the patriots we were 13 seconds away from beating the chiefs the best you know one of the best teams in the afc and if we had i'd have felt very confident going into the Bengals. obviously who knows if we would have won that game you never know but like this this season um i didn't feel we were particularly strong at the end of this year i felt like we got away with one we did just enough to win um and then the Dolphins game last week, like it was okay. We won, but like I was just happy to win. Kind of hoping that like somehow the Bills would turn on the Jets, or somehow some that law or that almost loss last week would have lit a fire under them to say, "Hey, like we really need to." Like I mean, we need to start playing a lot better on off. Like limit the turnovers on offense, defense. Like they just they just weren't like at least last week. You could say the Bills dominated them for the most part, offensively and defensively, for the most part. It was the mistakes that really cost them. It wasn't just. You know the fact that they were mistakes. It was like it wasn't that Josh Allen threw an interception. It was that he threw an interception. It was returned for 50 yards. Or it wasn't that he fumbled. It was that he fumbled and it was returned for a touchdown. It wasn't that you know so and so like muffed a punt. It was returned for you know, or that a punt was returned 80 yards. Like it was, it was all these things in combined. You're like, okay, well you get rid of those things and the Bills. Well, they didn't. You got rid of all those things this week. The Bills didn't make hardly any huge mistakes like that this week, and they looked like. It was total domination, total domination across all across the board. And and one thing I want to note is that I noticed this before this game, especially against the Dolphins, it felt like, is that the Bills trenched play on the offensive line and the defensive line was subpar last week now you could argue that that was against you know a really good uh Dolphins defensive line which I think the Dolphins have a really good defensive line so don't get me wrong I mean they have Bradley Chubb and Jalen Phillips like both really good players and then you also have you know Christian Wilkins in the middle right like good defensive line okay well the Bills couldn't really you know uh protect it for Josh Allen against that okay whatever like, they did okay. They did good enough. They did much worse this week. Josh Allen didn't have hardly any time this week, even whether it was like they were blitzing the hell out of Josh, whether they were rushing four, whether they were rushing three, they were getting pressure on Josh. And then the other way, if you look at the flip side of that, the the Bills' defensive line, um, you know, the... the The Bengals were working with three second stringers, and then one of those second stringers got injured during the game, and he was just kind of gutting it out, right? The Bills could not stop the run um, up the middle, especially up the middle. The Bills could not uh, pressure Joe Burrow. In fact, the only sack that Matt Milano had was because Joe Burrow decided to start running, and then Matt Milano sacked him before he could get past the line of scrimmage. Like, not a true, true sack, but, like, good enough, I guess. Like, they couldn't get pressure. Like, this was... Uh, it was just like their trenches you know the offensive line defensive line were just were poor again for the second straight week and it feels like the bills really struggle against teams with either good offensive lines or good defensive lines or both and and this week was no exception so let me know what you think about this john okay so i'm thinking this week you know both guards for the bengal's were out the starters were out um so you have backup guards and Daquan Jones, unfortunately, was out for the Bills. It may have caused some of it. It definitely wasn't everything, but it may have caused some of the issues on the defensive line. Like, one one person specifically that I wanted to see have a good game, and like, if there was ever a time to have that good game was today, was defensive tackle at Oliver. Like, I've always liked at Oliver. I think everyone in Bills Mafia likes at Oliver. I don't think he's lived up to the number nine overall draft pick that he's had. Uh, And I think that today was another example of that. Now, there's plenty of blame to go around. It's definitely not all his fault. The Bills, in general, deserve all the blame. Like, players, coaches, whatever. Like, I'm not pinning it on him. I guess just specifically when I think of the defensive line, I think that... Last week, he should have had a good game, and I think this week, he really should have had a good game. Now, they were double-teaming him, and their, their center's really good, so that helped them as well, I'm sure. But, like, you know, I was just hoping for something, man, like something more than what they got out of ed oliver maybe this season in general but like specifically this game i was hoping he was going to eat i was hoping he was going to be the game record that we drafted him as i was hoping he was going to be the game record that we're going to probably end up paying him as a top five defensive tackle or whatever it ends up being like you can't tell me after today like if you give him a top five contract and he makes you know 18 i I have no idea what a top five defensive tackle makes like 17 18 million dollars you know after they're going to pick up his fifth year contract, uh, fifth year thing. But but if after that, if they end up paying him eighteen million dollars, and what you've seen with him, I mean, how good would you feel about that contract? Because to be honest, me, I don't, I don't feel great about it right now. I'm not even sure I feel great about the contract they give Dawson Knox. They can't find a way to utilize him on a weekly basis to the to the point where he needs to. But uh, did you think about that at all? during the course of the game John when you're looking at the defensive line and why it wasn't able to take advantage of of the uh of the dolphin or I'm sorry the Bengals depleted offensive line specifically in the interior
1: yeah i i think the defensive line overall right you have i mean had Oliver first round pick Greg Rousseau first round pick uh Boogie Basham is a second round pick Apines is a second round pick Check Lawson was he first round pick I mean I know that he went to another team and came back
0: and all that but Shaq Lawson is a first round pick. Yep.
1: Yeah. So like all oh, they got all these players, right? But it's it's not happening. And like they they give Von Miller a huge deal before the off season and it looks so much better with Von Miller and then he gets hurt and then it goes back to how it was before. Like they they, they Brandon Bean's been trying but he's been un very unsuccessful.
0: And that's <laughs> he's, that's very that's very concerning. He's been trying in free agency and the draft, using a lot of like high draft picks like you just mentioned, um, and having limited success, I would say. I wouldn't say I, I they're not terrible by any stretch. I'd say they're What did you say, average? Maybe slightly above average, but not like game-changing defensive line for all the... I mean, that's why they had to bring in 33-year-old Von Miller is because they are like, oh, we've spent all this capital. I've got nothing to show for it. But they also brought in Daquan Jones, Tim Settle Jr. Like, I get it. Um, Shaq Lawson, Jordan Phillips, like, no, nothing. Nobody was, was making an impact with all those players that you just mentioned.
1: And they're trying to fit like all these players into this grand scheme like oh we're gonna play nickel all the time and i think that's a product of like um homes right kelsey and and hill and all that which was which was understood at the time but so you know you you want to get all the pressure with your front four so that you can drop everybody else back and cover so you cover both ends but you're not getting the pressure and and because you only have two linebackers, right? Like some teams play three, four. Like they have four line- starting linebackers. You know, they, they they're all over the run game, but they can't. Uh, obviously, the Bills can't stop
0: the run. <laughs> so <laughs> couldn't stop the pass either today. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah, they, yeah,
1: yeah. Like, but it was funny. Like, it's like you know somebody made a comment today. It's like oh they're just gonna run all over us because they keep they kept running with Mix at one point. I'm like, I think they're gonna keep passing at us too because. <laughs> so, <laughs> like yeah i don't know man it like i is a combination of drafting and scheme and execution it's everything it's it's everything it it it, it's weird to say that because they are very talented overall like if you just like look at the roster on paper it it is very talented um but there's there's They're not putting all the pieces together somehow.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, they're definitely not figuring out a way to, to do it. And you said like the the scheme, I mean that, I mean that goes back to Leslie Frazier, like them finding a way to the, like you were mentioning, you know, like getting to burrow with your front four or whatever, like the bills always try to do, or if they do try to blitz, it's not super successful. Like, like, think about this, John. Remember that one shot that, like, Josh Allen took? It was a blitzing corner, and he just freaking leveled Josh. Josh didn't see him coming off the right side, and the guy just came right. I think it was Hamilton from the Bengals, like, 21, and, like, Josh, he just leveled Josh. Josh Allen got hit into Deion Dawkins, and he went down like he thought he might be injured, right? I think he went to the tent in, like, the timeout or whatever, and when you were mentioning that i was thinking just now i was like when was the last time you saw a bills blitzer just go completely like unblocked <laughs> it was i don't remember the last time it feels like that's such a like i see a lot of guys i see guys blitz a lot i see them get caught up in the offensive line and not do crap to get to the opposing quarterback, I see that a lot, or I see like them go and then the quarterback has like a second or two to think about it and then they eventually get through maybe like but it's never like unblocked, guy gets completely free, you know, like and I think that's that's a product of the Bills, you know, defensive line, the scheme. And then on the flip side of that, like let's talk about the Bills offensive line. Like that the Bills were n- so outmatched on the offensive line. You know, it just kind of goes back to, so so going into this game, you look at the Bengals and their receiving weapons, right? And you're just like, they have uh, th- probably, if you're looking at top three receivers on a team, like they've got to have the best three receivers, the best three starting receivers in the NFL in Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, right? Like probably the best. And then not only that, they have Hayden Hurst, who has got to be a top 10 w- tight end right like he's really good also and then so you're looking at that and you're like they have all these weapons offensively but they have a terrible offensive line right now you know like there's lyle collins or the right tackle is injured like you know like i mentioned you know they're, they're missing through their offensive linemen um like, there's no way they're going to have any time to, to throw the ball, right? That's the exact opposite. It wasn't that they didn't have time. They did have time. But, like, when you have that many weapons, like, somebody's going to be open. Like, my line of thinking has always been you build in the trenches like Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean— have been preaching since they got here, which, by the way, they haven't done. But, like, <laughs> we'll talk about that. But, like, that's always been their line of thinking. That was always my line of thinking because, like, you can't throw to your Stefan Diggs if you have no freaking time to throw the ball, right? Like, that's that's what everyone says. But the Bengals are proving that you, if you have all the weapons, it doesn't matter. But guess what? The Bills don't have the weapons, and they don't have the offensive line. So they have neither of those two. So against a really good team, like, they fail in both of those facets, you know what I mean? Like they they don't they don't have a stuff they don't have three Stephon Diggses. Not that the Bengals do, but they have like three really good wide receivers. Like the Bills have like you know one and a half good wide receivers, right? Like it, all days, and they don't have a tight end that's like you know Hayden Hurst or whatever. Like the Bills, the Bills couldn't get going on so many different levels in the offense It is very frustrating.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I think. Outside of Diggs, it's been a problem all year for the Bills to get separation at wide receiver. And then you have drops from Diggs and, and, and McKenzie, and, like, there's no consistency. They definitely need an, a, a wide receiver, too. Um, I made the comment today, like, at the end of the first half where, like, Gabe Davis was, you know, on defense for the big uh, Hail Mary throw. And, like, you know, so I was like, oh, why is Gabe Davis And I was like, oh, you know, he's on the hand team. It's kind of ironic, actually. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that can be. Like, it could be.
1: Me. I mean, like really, you know. Well, we hey, just need a, and,
0: Well, he's perfect for it because we just need him to <laughs> knock it down. We don't need him to catch it. <laughs> it's funny
1: because before that happened, I was like, I was making the comment like, oh, I hope they're gonna try to catch it, and then the other team gets it. Like, hope they just knock it down. <laughs> and then, like on defense, right? Like, like there were a lot of times where it's like third and whatever. And they play the super soft zone where, like, they were, like, behind the sticks even. And it's like, well, I mean, you need to be there to make the tackle as soon as they catch it. You can't, like, have them catch it and run to the first down marker and then tackle them. Like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, why are they doing that?
0: Yeah, especially against, like, a Jamar Chase who can, you know, make you miss in a phone booth, right? Like, he's very good. He's very shifty. Or, like, how about, like, John, you just mentioned, like, (sighs) Soft zone. Or how about this? When they blitz the hell out of Joe Burrow, like they're still like eight yards off the receiver. It's like, no, that's when you need to be right there because Joe Burrow's gonna get the ball out quickly. Like that was I was listening to a stat in the pregame um uh for the Buffalo Bills radio station, and they were mentioning that Joe Burrow has the second quickest release time of all the quarterbacks in the NFL right next to Tua, right? Like he, he lets the ball out gets the ball out quickly. It's like, well, if you know that, then you know that you have to be on your guy really quickly. Like, stop. I don't know. I I, I don't know about the zone versus man issue, but, like, be close to your guy if you're playing man. Because, like, <laughs> you need to be there when Joe Burrow gets rid of the ball very quickly. So, I don't know, man. It's funny because... Uh, Whenever we talk about like we we're just mentioning like the the weapons and the offensive line that the Bills don't have, like it keeps bringing me back to that Greg Cosell tweet that you we talked about like four weeks ago, where you know Greg Cosell is the like vice president of you know NFL Films or whatever the case is. Like he's a film, he's a senior film analyst there, and he's he was on Ross Tucker's podcast. He's just like you know it's Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, and a bunch of guys on that t- on that side of the ball. There's not really a whole lot of and just look at. I mean, look at the Dolphins last week. Jalen Waddell, Tyreek Hill, Raheem Mostert. Like you know, you might argue that even Jeff Wilson is better than all the running backs that the Bills have right now. I mean, maybe he's not, maybe he's as good or just a shade below, but Jeff but Raheem Mostert's definitely better than everything that the Bills have right now, you know, at this point. So you know, the wide receivers, the Giseki, I a mean lot, you... a lot
1: of a lot of that scheme too. Like the like Look at the 49ers. You could put a guy off the street, and he could run for 100 yards in that system. And then they got McCaffrey anyway. So it's like, <laughs> like, jeez, it's smart but move. Like, Yeah, but like, but a lot of it depends on philosophy and scheme. I think too on that sort of thing. Like, I, I think Singletary and Cook are good players. Um, mm-hmm.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. I'm not dogging them. I'm just like, yeah. I mean, would you say they're as good as Joe Mixon? Like, maybe they're around that level, but I don't think they're better than Mi- Joe Mixon. No, no, I no, I I probably. Yeah, I don't think Mixon's you could bad. argue that like Dawson Knox is definitely better than Hayden Hurst. I wouldn't say that. Like this, no, no, and
1: he's had like drop issues too in 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 different games.
0: So like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know either. Like, but doesn't it make so much more sense the more? The more good teams that you see play, especially in playoff football and how they win, the good teams that win, like how many weapons these teams have on offense. It seems to be like, like the Eagles, like the other night, you know, and, and like you mentioned the, the 49ers, like they just a good offensive line, good weapons, like either, or and it's just like the bills don't have either the bills and, and, and a game like today against the Bengals, just makes it so much more obvious to us, the viewers, and the fans that that pay attention to this, like how much they're truly lacking in a lot of those areas, specifically on offense. And I said this last season, and I'm going to bang the table. I'm sure you are, John, too. It's just like, build around Josh. Like, your offseason, it's great to have, you know, these cool defensive tackles and Von Miller. Don't get me wrong. Like, I'm happy we have them. But, dude, put like a couple of good offensive linemen in front of Josh Allen that he doesn't have Roger Saffle to be gone after this season, you know, put a good left guard in there. Like instead of doing these draft picks, which like, don't get me wrong. I, I don't mind it when Brandon mean doubles up on draft picks. Like when he went um, Greg Rousseau and Boogie Basham a couple of years ago, because in my, in my mind, I'm like, well, at least you'll hit on one of them, hopefully, <laughs> you know, and then, and then it ends up being that, you know, like kind of hit on one, kind of hit on the other like i wanted them to draft an interior offensive lineman with that second round pick and they didn't uh you know they they drafted uh you know S- spencer brown and tommy doyle back to back in offensive tackles i'm like draft a guard like what are we waiting for like you know is, uh, you mentioned yeah, well, god sorry
1: i i was just gonna like just to piggyback on that like since they i guess even before josh allen we got one two Three, four, five, six, seven. So six of their last seven first-round selections were defensive players. The only one that wasn't was Josh Allen.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: So you got Shaq Lawson, then Tredavious White, then Josh Allen, then Tremaine Edmonds, then Ed Oliver, then Rousseau, and then Kyrie Hill. So two corners, two defensive linemen, uh, a linebacker, and Josh Allen.
0: And so the Bills have what? drafted – could you could you say like the Brandon Bean might not be that good at drafting offensive linemen because he drafted Cody Ford, which we're like, okay, well, you know, he's gonna be our starting right tackle. Wasn't a good right tackle. Okay, well maybe he'll be like a Pro Bowl guard. Well he was a terrible guard too. So that was a terrible pick. So it was a busted second round pick. And you talk about Spencer Brown, which is you know, it's only his second season, so he's still learning, he's still getting better. I haven't seen enough from him where you're like, This guy's gonna be a good starter. In the nfl that is not proven whatsoever i think he's getting better maybe i don't even know if that's true to be quite honest i i I think i think he has his moments (laughs) like and then you know ryan bates is like i think he's a think he's an average right guard i think he's he's pretty good um but you know roger saffold i don't know i don't know it's mitch morris and deon dawkins are the only two offensive linemen i'd build around and then everything else is up for grabs just like Diggs is the only wide receiver that i would build around everything else is still up for grabs you can get rid of them all or keep them all or try to upgrade them or whatever like those are the only those are the people i want to build around you know it's just like on defense like the players i want to build around are like Tradavius white matt milano micah hyde for now <laughs> it's like jordan poyer today jordan poyer didn't look good he wants to be resigned. He looked awful. Like, I think this is the last time we will see him in a Bills uniform, mostly because they, I don't think they could necessarily afford him, but yeah, look mean, good. you did not
1: look at You look at the Bills draft history and, like, what their needs are next year, like, their first-round pick is probably going to be safety or linebacker, right? <laughs> Based like on always, what you just— They always pick a defensive player for—I mean, McDermott's defensive-minded, right? Mm-hmm. He was actually going into today was the—or this weekend was the last defensive-minded— Coach left, I think. Um, hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I, I don't know. And like a lot of them are like, you know, I, I don't want to say busts yet necessarily, but like we got some questions here on some of these picks that they've made, right? Like, they could have they made better picks there.
0: Ed Oliver, when he gets his contract, if he gets a top five contract, which I would definitely say he's not better than any of these top five guys, um, Aaron Donald, definitely not. DeForest Buckner, no. Chris Jones, no. Jonathan Allen, no. Vita Vey, no. Like, I mean, he's he's going to make a minimum of seventeen million dollars per year on average. Probably going to be a five or six year contract. And to be honest, I don't I don't feel comfortable at all with that. And I'm not saying the Bills have anything better behind him necessarily, but I sign me up for you know yeah uh, but
1: vicious cycle right. So now they got to draft one in the first round, right? Mm-hmm. Instead of something else like a wide receiver two or an offensive lineman or you know or
0: a safety or at least Hoyer. like ugh. I don't think I don't think Brandon Bean is bad at drafting, but I don't think he's proven he's really good at it. Now he did hit on Josh Allen, which is the most important. So you ha- you can't say that like he could hit on Josh Allen and miss on everything else and like still be a great drafter or a good drafter at least. Um, and he's I think this this last rookie class might be his best draft class since Josh Allen's draft class. But I mean, where do you look along the line of like, man, this draft pick that he made, man? Like that was a great draft pick. Everyone they've yeah. been everyone they've been re signing has been mostly a uh uh the pick of the of the year before uh he got here. Jadavis White, Deion Dawkins, Matt Milano, like all guys before he got here. Sorry, what were you gonna say?
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, yeah, that that first draft were like was pretty good. Like, but overall, there's some questions. Like, I mean, Terrence Johnson was a good pick. He was like like a fourth round pick. Saran Neal's been been outstanding on special teams. Fifth round pick. You know, trying to think off the top of my head. Yeah, I mean, they had a trade Zach Moss. Like, Gabe Davis has been. Inconsistent. I mean who do you look Out of that out of Tyler Bass Tyler Bass Was Tyler a, Bass is a fifth round pick Um, They drafted Isaiah Hodgins He's doing great for, <laughs> for New York right now New Jersey I should say. Future pro uh, bowler Isaiah uh,
0: Hodgins Yep Can't wait I mean, to Dane ja- Can't wait till Dane he does Jackson. The teller Dane Jackson gets some flack But he was a seventh round pick A couple Dude, years Dane ago. Jackson For being a seventh round pick Is unbelievable But for being a starting Cornerback Like I think he's pretty I think he's okay I think he's pretty good Yeah Nobody would be. Yeah, like I think between him,
1: White, and Kyrie Elam, like, uh, and Benford, Benford, like, he's been injured. Like, I I think their corners are pretty good going forward, but, like, safety is questions. If they lose Edmonds, there's a question. Um, And then the the defensive line, I think there's maybe some wasted draft picks there. Like, you can't have three first round and two second round picks there, and, and then you trade for Von Miller on top of it. Mm-hmm. And it's still, like, not great if you don't have on in lineup who's, like, 33 years old already. Like, you can't have that. And then on offense, they need more better wide receivers that's not named Diggs and offensive linemen. And they need call better games.
0: Yeah, they did get right. We didn't even I, re- I remember so. when
1: you and Mike were complaining about Dorsey half the year last year. Like, oh, we got Ruder at Dorsey. Now, you mean Dable. Now... now or Dable, sorry, I got him mixed up. <laughs> <laughs> You're complaining about Dable all year. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I. So what's I'm, funny is, like, I mean,
1: I don't, I don't hate Dorsey. Like, I, I love the passion, and I, and the, I love uh, some of the things that he does. I,
0: I don't think he's as good as Dable was, though, either. The way he started out the beginning of the season, he looked so much better than Dable. The other thing was. I didn't like about and I like Dable, don't get me wrong, like obviously he was he was a good offensive coordinator for the Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen. What I didn't like about Dable was sometimes his stubbornness to refuse to like change the game plan throughout the game he's just like we're running it today so guess what like (laughs) like you know and it would just be like well what if it doesn't work you'd be like it's gonna work trust me it'd be into the third quarter it'd be like it's not working so far i'd be like trust me this is just when they're gonna be waiting for it to you know this this is all gonna pay off you know and uh, then it would still wouldn't work so like i mean but what look at all of the things that I didn't like about Dable, Dorsey hasn't improved on. We don't have a great run game. I think we have a better run game, but I don't think it's great. I don't think it's to the point where it takes so much pressure off of Josh Allen because it's so good. Like, I think it's better. I think it's okay. Um, I haven't been impressed with the uh, passing game since uh, Dable has left. Um, I think that there's a lot less, like all of them are like, why did it feel like, this postseason and the end of the season that the routes were so much further down the field to where Josh had to like, you know, drop back, you know, seven steps and then wait to, you know, five steps. And then wait to, you know, throw the ball. And it's just like, wait till someone gets open. It's like Joe Burrow. And, like, watch the Chiefs play. Like, there's a guy in motion, and he's ready to throw it as soon as he snaps it. He just has to go through his reads, or he goes and sits in shotgun, or whatever. Like, this is—there's no developing route tree. There's, like—it's ready. It is ready for him. Now, if he has time, he can go to his deep route or whatever. But how many times did Joe Burrow need to wait for that deep ball? Like, what— like I think he threw it like three or four times, maybe longer than like fifteen, twenty air yards. Maybe like Josh was looking to do that every single throw. It felt like <laughs> like that's like that's a that's not good offensive play calling. Why can't the Bills run a draw play? Why can't the Bills run a screen play? Why can't the Bills do a bubble screen that actually gets more than four freaking yards? And every other team that the Bills play against has no problem doing these things, these simple play concepts. Those are the same issues I had with Brian Dable, and I was dumb enough to think that Ken Dorsey would fix those. <laughs> well,
1: it's kind of funny, like, that the, you kind of remind me of, uh, there was a, on the one drive, like, Allen snapped the ball and, like, I saw Davis and Beasley, like, kind of, like, just stand there, like, really far outside on on the bottom of the screen. And they just kind of stood there like they were expecting something. And Allen ran it straight ahead for four yards. I'm like, And everybody was like, oh, that was kind of weird. And, like, several plays later, it was, like, almost the same play, except he actually threw it to Beasley and Davis Black for him. And he got a first down. I was like, oh, it they, they was just set up for that play, I guess.
0: That was a but, uh, that was a that was a memorable play because the, the the screen the bubble player this whatever you call it, wide receiver screen actually worked. I'm like, whoa, the Bills never get that. Yep, but it does often
1: seem like like they call a play and it's like you you're picturing the Madden plays right at the bottom of the screen. It's like all the arrows all 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 wide receiver arrows are putting straight <laughs> up with no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, the, like no crossing better no slants. So everybody <laughs> the just t- go long. <laughs> the for, every the play. verticals play. <laughs> yeah, the bad. <laughs> or if yeah. It, or,
0: yeah, yeah, if it's not that play, if they do anything other than that, it's like deep post route or whatever. Like where the it's like yeah. basically the the end of the half play where you just throw up a ball, right? Like that's that's every play where Josh Allen has to pass, right? <laughs> Like yeah then like get I get it, I get it, like you want to go for the home
1: run, but like
0: all the time, really, mm-hmm, I know, and even when Josh Allen did get I didn't mention this earlier, and maybe you noticed that there was no yak at all, there was no yards after catch today. the bills would get it if they did eventually complete it, they were tackled right away, as you look at the other side of the ball, you know the the Bengals were getting it they were breaking tackles they were making guys miss and they were they were either wide open or what and josh isn't either seeing these guys wide open because they're not or they can't get enough separation or the play the plays are just being called that way that they just i don't know it's and that's that was one of the biggest things after last year like alan even after at the end of last year
1: said himself yeah we got to work on that particular thing yep and it's not improved whatsoever.
0: <laughs> Sto- that was that was their shortcoming today. One of their shortcomings, whereas you see Hayden Hurst streaking across the middle like wide open, run for a touchdown or like a twenty-five yard gain, and you're just like, wait a minute, what? what how come my guys can't do that? <laughs> do
1: yeah, you know? and the, the easy example is like somebody like a Tyree Killer or or uh, Jamar Chase who could just like take the ball and like on the run and. Do what they want with it, run 40 yards or whatever. The Bills don't have that because they throw it like all the way downfield. So, like, it's either a catcher or it's not. Like, there's, there's no yards after the catcher for
0: that. But, oh my gosh. Well, it's either yards after the catch and a touchdown or just an incompletion. Those are the only two outcomes for these. Uh, but,. Uh, here, let's let's do like you know like we normally do on our podcast. Um, I, I mean, I'll go quickly into the stats of the game. Josh Allen, twenty five for forty two, two hundred and sixty five yards, zero touchdowns, one interception, and then rushing. Josh, Josh Allen, the Bills' leading rusher, which is sad because he had twenty six yards rushing and one touchdown. That's how that's how poor the Bills uh, were running the ball today. Um, Devin Singletary so real quick John I know we do this every week and I know you don't want me to do it but fire emoji rating for Josh Allen uh out of 5 how many fire emojis do you give him in this loss You can abstain if you want I know you want three. to
1: 3 I'm going to go 3 You can go 3 okay All three. right He he didn't make any mistakes I the only turnover was like essentially the last play of the game where they're down by whatever and I'm not counting that He was a warrior out there he was taking hits left and right the offensive line gave him nothing. His receivers gave him nothing. Um pretty much mistake three. Um he had the rushing touchdown, he ran a few times, he ran hard, uh got some first downs. But uh like you know, if you're if you're like if you're picking a wall famer, not to get ahead of ourselves here, like Allen's might be the only player you could even put on it. So uh yeah, I'll give him a three.
0: Yeah, I, I like three. I don't think you can look at this game as a Bills fan and say, this was Josh Allen's fault. Or even, I, I, I mean, he sure, was he perfect? No. I mean, did he have some mistakes? Did he run when he shouldn't have? Kind of like last week, like he tried to run up the middle and then he would get, you know, some defensive tackle, would put his arm across, you know, uh, that like take him down. He'd get like a three or four yard gain instead of, you know, what we're used to him just running for 25, 30, 40 yards, right? Um, but I didn't I guess it was not his fault, and I don't think a lot of Bill's fans were I mean, and you can't blame the guy I mean the guy's been s- not struggling all season, but like that's how good Josh Allen is. We mentioned the offensive line and the receivers, and he makes both of those look so much better than they are, so much so that I think sometimes it tricks us bill's fans to thinking like we have a really good wide receiving core. Or we have like a really good offensive line, like because he's that good. You know, how many times do we see free rushers? Just he just sidesteps like a free blitzing, you know, linebacker or someone. You know, like and and it's nothing, and we we just kind of take it for granted. Um, I don't. Bl- I I like three fire emojis, John, and I think that's I think that's fair. Uh, even yeah, yeah. even with the mistakes.
1: Yeah, I think uh d- during the game uh Colin Coward had a, had a good tweet. He said, still not sure what the Bills' offensive game plan is. Josh Allen being super talented is not an identity or a game plan. Like,
0: mm-hmm.
1: That says it right there. You yeah. can't just be like, yeah, we got Josh Allen, so we're just going to do whatever. You actually have to have a good plan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> aside, from, aside from that, right? Like, it, that's not everything. You can maybe get through the regular season that way, but like you, in the playoffs, you need, you need to actually like figure it out as great as he is
0: yep and the Bills still didn't figure it out up until you were kind of hoping that the light would turn on this game because you can get hot at any moment right like we saw that last season with the Buffalo Bills like you were kind of hoping like okay this is the game right like this is the game right like now, um (laughs) that's that is what it is another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where Bank of America can help Uh, So let's do, uh, so anyway, real quick, Bill's leading receiver was Dawson Knox. Five receptions on seven targets for 65 yards. Um, Next leading receiver was Shakir with 40 yards. Sigletary with 38 yards. Diggs with only 35 yards. Get this stat line for Stephon Diggs. Four receptions on 10 targets. For 35 yards, zero touchdowns. John, we saw this. um, They showed it on the broadcast. Diggs was visibly upset and frustrated with Josh Allen. I don't remember the last time I saw that. Maybe, like, I think it was the Detroit Lions game or something. Was it the Lions game? Yes, it was the Lions game. Because I remember, I think Diggs only had one or two targets in the first half, and then he became huge in the second half, and then he ended up having that game winning catch, you know, to set him up for that field goal to win the game. Um, I've never seen him that disappointed. And do you blame him because it felt like he stopped looking at Stefan Diggs? He didn't even attempt it after a, after a few.
1: Yeah, it's it's this tough. Like the one play, remember? Like it looked like Diggs was going to be doubled. I didn't see the replay on it though, so I wasn't sure because it seemed like it was shortly after that play that Diggs was upset. Um, so I'm not I'm not 100 sure myself.
0: You you know what the play um, was? The play w- that he got upset at. Real quick, sorry to cut you off. Was that it was in the end zone where Josh was trying for the touchdown and he ended up throwing it away? Basically, it was behind Gabe Davis. It was almost an interception. Um, it was fourth down. It was fourth and goal or whatever. It was. It was. It was in the red zone. And if you look behind him, Stefan Diggs was open behind him, but Josh didn't see him. I think that's the one he got upset about. Okay.
1: Yeah. I think. I think his, the the first read was that he was double covered. But when he got all the way back there, you would think that we saw Gabe Davis, but if Diggs is behind him, then he's going to see both of them at the same time. Um, Did you happen to see Joe Biskellia's tweet uh, with Diggs after the game?
0: No, no, I didn't. What did he say?
1: Uh, He says, Bill's wide receiver, Stephon Diggs, darted out of the locker room with all his stuff before some of the Bill's coaches were even down to the tunnel area. Practice squad running back Duke Johnson stopped Diggs before he left the stadium and brought him back to the locker room. He left a few minutes later. Now he did have a follow-up tweet saying that Diggs was in the locker room for the Sean McDermott post-game speech according to the Bills head coach. Now like uh, a lot of people were tweeting about that, that's why I bring it up. I'm not upset about that. Like I mean, it's a you know, Diggs is obviously a very passionate player and uh it was an emotional game any any playoff game is going to be emotional and i if if there was something to that i i don't care
0: yeah i don't i don't care either i think i think he has every right to be upset i think everyone on the team has with receiver it's so much different too like right because you can still do your job great and still you know the bills have a terrible game passing right whereas like you can't be a great defensive lineman have a great effort and then like they run all over you or you get no pressure whatsoever you know like it's it's a little bit different or you can't be like a great cornerback have a great day and the guy still catches 150 yards over you. you know what i mean like that doesn't happen whereas wide receiver you can be like he could be like i'm open pass it to me and if you saw the look on josh's face like he's Stefan Diggs is, like, you know, very vocal and telling him, and Josh is just ignoring him. Like, he's not like, yeah, yeah, I get you. He's just ignoring him looking at the iPad or the tablet or whatever. And, like, it wasn't the look of someone that's like, listen, man, you're right, like, it's on me. Like, I'm sure Alan's frustrated with the performance. I'm sure he doesn't like somebody telling him, like, you know, none of us like being told, like, when we make mistakes at work or, you know— yeah, he's probably thinking in his head, like, yeah, I fucking know. I'm
1: looking <laughs> at it right now with this fucking tablet. You don't have to tell me.
0: Yeah, no shit, Stefani. You think I wanted to fucking throw it to behind the guy, you know, to throw it almost an interception, and you were open right behind you? He's like, sorry. Like, where's me? If it was me, because I'm, a, a, like, uh, I'm not the alpha athlete that Josh Allen would be like, listen, man, listen, man, I'm sorry, okay, I didn't see you open. <laughs> I, I wanted to get it to you. I would have if I thought, all right? Which is probably not the right move either, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not upset about that. As soon as as soon as I get back, because you never know, like Dorsey might be gone. He might get the Panthers' job. And John, before I even like, who cares about the Bengals' stats? Who gives a shit about that tonight? But like, right now, they tell me I'm telling you, Ken Dorsey is leaving to take the Panthers' job. How upset are you? One to five, five being super upset, one being I don't care.
1: Depends who's taking his place.
0: <laughs> just knowing that he's gone because I don't know who it's gonna, um... I'd be upset
1: because they, they wouldn't have enough an offensive coordinator.
0: Let's see. Hold on. Let me the tell way you what...
1: phrase, The way you just phrased that, like, it's like, no, he's gone. Like, don't worry about. <laughs> <laughs> <is gonna> be...
0: <laughs>
1: let me let me tell you who. Uh... So, like, di- didn't didn't Alan like? Like I don't want to say pick, but like he had a, he had he- heavy influence, right, in Dorsey being the offensive coordinator when David left. Mm-hmm. I would want to do what Josh Allen wants to do. Like if Allen wants to call all the plays himself, I I I might be okay with that.
0: Mm-hmm. Might I don't think a
1: little bit more heavy on passing, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. I... <laughs> <And> <laughs> like him look... running,
0: but I mean, <laughs> okay. Well, how about this? How about uh... this? Okay. So you have
1: to give me an alternate option, like who Let else me give you. Let me
0: give you an alternate hand. option that you're just gonna like drool over. Okay, you ready? You're gonna you're gonna cream your pants with this hand. one. <laughs> 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 uh, no, no, I was gonna say uh, <laughs> that would be awesome, Frank Reich.
1: You have my attention.
0: <laughs> that, that long pause. That John, you might not have heard it because of the editing, but the long pause was John creaming his pants right there after hearing Frank Reich. Why wouldn't you take Frank Reich? Right? Do you imagine giving <sighs> Josh Allen Frank Reich?
1: I, I I I love Frank Reich, but I don't know if he's done all that well in his coaching positions outside of that season or two in Philadelphia.
0: The Super Bowl you mean that wasn't good enough for you? A Super Bowl win with Nick Foles as the uh yeah, as the quarterback? That was
1: one of the that was one of those two seasons, yes.
0: Yes, yes, it was amazing. He did great. But every everything else
1: is like I'm not sure.
0: What's he had to play with? He's had uh No, no. Philip Rivers, he did great with Philip Rivers, they made the, the playoffs then. And then he got Carson Wentz, who's awful, and then he got Matt Ryan at the end of his career, which was terrible, so I mean what I'm not it,
1: I'm not sure I guess I trying to be unbiased with it Cliff Matthews.
0: Kingsbury I don't know about Cliff Kingsbury I wouldn't no. take Cliff Kingsbury no. no um would you take Sean McVeigh? <laughs> Nathaniel Hackett
1: no <laughs> did you hear <laughs> Nathaniel Hackett was going to interview with the Jets like how awesome would that be
0: that would be great, oh man, that'd be almost as good as when he took the uh, Adam Gase took the Jets job, that was amazing too. Yeah, I like it. I take it, go with that. But of course, it's different with offensive coordinator than head coach. You know, like I don't think Dorsey's gonna go anywhere, and I don't think
1: Frazier's gonna go anywhere.
0: Why the hell would you hire Dorsey after seeing that game today? Like you have Josh Allen at home. Yeah. Are you kidding me? With no injuries, and you can't score more than ten points. The freaking the the Ravens with Tyler Huntley with their backup quarterback scored more than that, you know, yeah. like that's, like it's
1: it's possible. Like I think Car- was Carolina the only the only team that was going to interview him.
0: I believe so. Yeah.
1: So like it's possible, but I, I I don't think so. And I haven't heard anything with Frazier. Um, even though he probably should get interviews, but um.
0: He should have before today. He yeah,
1: I know. I know. He's he's had some missteps as well. Um so he might have Fraser and Dorsey again next year, which for consistency's sake might be okay, but like they might need to make some changes to improve, right? Like and that's gonna be on McDermott, right? McDermott's gotta be like, Hey, look guys.
0: Yeah, no way McDermott fires Leslie Fraser, no way he fires um Ken Dorsey. Oh right, no, I don't but think, he's right. he's
1: but he's gotta he's gotta tell him, hey, look, you gotta make some changes because otherwise, next year, if this happens again, you know
0: who knows. If I were them, I'd just start blaming the lack of uh, whatever players and talent on my. I'd be like, uh, if I was Ken Dorsey, I'd be like, listen, I need a better offensive line. What do you want me to do with this <laughs> or whatever? I need more than just yeah. Stephon Diggs. And McDermott goes to
1: Bean, and Bean's like, you know what, you, you gotta fire those assholes. You know, I mean, seriously. <laughs> goes back
0: and forth. <laughs> McDermott, McD- <laughs> it goes back and McDermott's like, you won't believe what Ken Dorsey said about McDermott's you. McDermott's <laughs> the middle man. He's <laughs> like... <McDermott's- laughs> it's causing friction and drama. He's like, I don't people.
1: know, I don't know. like, he's saying this, he's like, I-, I mean, I'm just trying to... <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you know what you know what Brandon? I told Ken Dorsey what you said about needing to get better, and he told me that you haven't given him garbage for weapons and wide receivers, you know, so he doesn't understand that Dawson Knox contract at
1: all. <laughs> so yeah. And he goes back to Dorsey. And he's like, yeah, you know, being you know, he's he's doing everything Kennedy says. You know, he's gonna, he's gonna pick up some receivers next year. You know, it's, it's all gonna be good. You know, it's like a sixth round pick or something. <laughs> it's, it's <a> six-round pick. <laughs> <laughs> Two uh, six round picks. Can
0: we take a guard higher than a six round pick or whatever? Even those guys end up getting like poached off of our practice squad and stuff like that. It's just crazy. Let's spend a top like a. a top five round pick on a guard to put next to mitch morse for god's sake ryan bates we're keeping ryan bates for the foreseeable future we're keeping mitch morse for the foreseeable future like dawkins morse and ryan bates are the three players and then it's just like hey like sign a tackle or hope spencer brown gets ridiculously better hope that tommy doyle is better than spencer brown last year or get someone better draft someone better whatever like you know You've wasted all these picks on def- – not wasted on a defensive line, but, like, you've used them all on defensive line to, you know, varying degrees of success. Like, let's try them on offensive line. Maybe we'll have more success there. So, yeah. Anyways, going back about that. So I'm not going to finish any more stats of the game. That's all I really wanted to get into about this. Let's do – actually uh... – I got a trivia question for you. Ooh. Ooh. Good. This podcast is already really, an hour. I
1: don't know. If, I don't know if trivia is is a good word for it, but uh, okay, you have to answer within five seconds.
0: Okay, I suck at these, but go ahead. <laughs> I'm not okay. quick thinking.
1: Okay, ready? <laughs> yes. I'll hit. I'll hit the start button as soon as I'm done asking the question. Okay. How many days until the NFL draft? 103. Oh, you answered in less than three seconds. Um, Prices, right, rules. You're over. <laughs> Oh, was I? Ah, oh, man. So, so you lose
0: ninety-five days. Ninety-five days, man. Someone told me it was one hundred and four days the other day. Till something. It was probably a week ago. One hundred and four days of the draft or something. <laughs> Is it only ninety-five? Wow. Yeah, we made the playoffs. <laughs> We're not used to
1: making. It. I mean, I guess it's been a few years now. Like it, it, but it still feels like <laughs> the drought, even though that we've been in the playoffs for a
0: number of years now. Yeah yeah that's crazy we take that for granted you know like maybe that's maybe that's the way that we should phrase all of this john into like totality is that this is still a really good place to be in like losing in the playoffs is how much better would you say than like thinking about draft in november <laughs> like if you had to put a a percentage like or at times like is it twice as good is it 25 times as good like I'd say it's so yeah, 100 there's, times as good. It still sucks to lose, too, but...
1: I I have two different thoughts on this. So on one hand, it's no better than going 6-10 and 10 and 7-9 and for all those seasons because you're still not winning a championship and you're getting an even worse draft pick. However, being in the playoffs means any given Sunday you win, you go to the next day, the next week. Also, I mean, I'd, I'd rather be in the playoffs than not, for sure.
0: And it's not like the Bills have, like, a Marvin Lewis situation where they can't win in the playoffs. Like, they've won. They just haven't gotten to the to the big show. Right. Yeah, and,
1: and yeah, they're not getting in at the seventh seed, although it really sucks that they've been the second seed a lot where they would have had a bye week in any other decade or year, or whatever. That kind of hurts a lot actually but um yeah like i'd rather be in the playoffs than not if you're like for sure
0: yeah but like is it like i'd say just being in the playoffs the excitement of it the possibility that anything can happen once you're in it i mean it's a hundred times better than what it used to be like drought era like it's not even it's it's not even in the same realm or at or like you know solar system because you're looking at it at a place where you're just like, well, hopefully they don't suck next year. Like they do this year. Like this, we know they won't suck next year. Now they may not be 13 and three good or 13 and four good or whatever. They end up, whatever they could have ended up being this season, but um, but they'll have a shot, but they'll always have a shot with Josh Allen. They'll always have a shot with Josh Allen. Um, So it feels like that's the, that's the key right there.
1: And what they need, they, they need to make sure that those, they tap all those other loose ends. Bean's got to make sure that his first-round draft picks, especially the next couple of years, are hits. Mm-hmm. And not just first round, but you know across the board, like you know a good percentage, let's say. You're not going to hit every pick. Um, and the coaching needs to improve on both sides of the ball to play calls, and, and McDermott needs to see to that. Like He needs to tell those guys, hey, do better. Because <laughs> like, it wasn't good at times this year. And despite the 13 and 3 record and all that, like they were it was nice to see them win close games as opposed to last year where they lost all the close games. That's why they lost, you know, three or four mm-hmm. more games mm-hmm. last year. Um but like if you think about it, like 2020 might have been their best year, which is even the year before that.
0: Oh, when they actually made it the AFC Championship game, but then they were... You know what? I was thinking about that, too, that when they lost the AFC Championship game against the Chiefs two years ago, like, that loss felt a lot like this loss, didn't it? Like, there was... You walked away from that game, and you're like, the Bills don't deserve to win this game. Like, they don't deserve to go to the Super Bowl, right? Like, they they just got outplayed by the Chiefs on both sides of the ball. They didn't look good. Like, that's how today's loss felt like. It felt like that game... Whereas last year, you felt robbed because the Bills should have won. But this year, you felt like the Bills weren't good enough to make it, you know? I agree, but I think going into that game in 2020, I felt way more confident than I did going into today. Well, yeah, they'd won two games. But you could even argue that those two teams that they beat, I mean, the Ravens are a good team, don't get me wrong, but... They had Lamar Jackson. Like, they weren't there at full health at the time. True, true. Like, I... Well, they weren't at full health once Lamar Jackson went out, <laughs> but yeah, before the game, no, they
1: no, were... no, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, yeah, like it, I'm, and I'm, I just, I'm just worried about their window, right? Like, of course, like the whole big thing is about like the question with with Joe Burrow was asked, "Oh, are you worried about your window?" He's like, "No, as long as I'm the quarterback, the window's always a like." Oh, that's a good answer.
0: <laughs> it's a good answer, yeah. <laughs> but, good like,
1: but like, but like. I'm I'm worried about the Bills, though. Like, you know, you got seller cap issues now, and, and they're going to keep everybody on defense, and you need help on offense still, and how do they replace the defensive players, and this and that. Like, the last since 2020 to now might have been the window. Like, what happens after this? Mm-hmm. So, there's cause for concern. And, of course, it's like every year, right? Even during the drought, training camp comes they sign somebody they have a draft and it's like you know what maybe this is the year mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm sure this is gonna happen at some point oh yeah in the off season no
0: matter what all their salary cap issues they'll resolve them somehow and they'll fill in all the gaps and you'll be like this this team It's uh, like oh yeah they they, f- they figured it out yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah they're going to go undefeated this
1: year <laughs> but uh right now it doesn't feel that way much like
0: other years so uh Ugh. so I'm so normally we do this vicious, sweet... vicious cycle is what it is <laughs> the vicious cycle uh that's so true man um normally we do sweet sassy molassy plays of the game um not gonna do that this week uh there wasn't there wasn't a whole lot of great plays this game there wasn't a Gettysburg play of the game because there was uh, there, nothing nothing great happened there was no turning point because the Bengals never didn't have the lead from the beginning of the game um, I'm going to do a quick wall of fame. John, you kind of mentioned that Josh Allen is on your wall of fame, right? I'm going to give a couple real quick that are off the board. Um, the first one I'm going to give to is my son. And the reason why I say this is because, you know, my son's seven years old, and this is the first time we've been able to first year where we've, we've kind of always watched Bill's games together. This was the first year where we've watched more and more. And I'm hoping this obviously continues. He grows his fandom, you know, with me, um, and it was funny the bills were down 14 points john i didn't tell you the story before the podcast and we're eating dinner on the couch and i'm stressed and i'm not really eating and you know the kids are cool they're being cute little kids and i can't even enjoy it because i'm you know watching this game getting stressed out about the season ending the bills are down 14 points it's almost the end of the third quarter and he goes to me he goes daddy he's like listen to me he's like they're still gonna win this game. He's like, you have to believe in your heart. You have to hope with your heart that the Bills, you know, and he goes to me and he's giving me this like pep talk, right? Which he's never done for anything else in his entire life. Gives me this pep talk, and I should be the one giving it to him. Because like I'm the big Bills fan. Like I'm the huge Bills fan. He's I'm like, I'm like, I know better, but he's like, oh, daddy, he's like, believe it, just say you like, I believe in my heart. I think I I I the Bills are gonna win this one. I believe in my heart. And then uh so I say it along with him because he really wants me to. And I'm just like, yeah, you know, I believe in my heart. The Bills can win this one. And, uh, and you know, it was cute. It was a cute moment because, like, um, he hasn't gone through as much disappointment as I have for the Buffalo Bills in my life to know the difference. But um, he's my wall of fame. He's my wall of fame this season for becoming a bigger Bills fan. And for stuff like that, stuff that you don't expect, stuff that kind of lifts you up a little bit. I'm sure a lot of people listening have stories like that. Uh, but that was unprompted, uh, which isn't always the case, you know. We played the Bill song together, the Bill shout song, the one time we could really play it for that touchdown, and uh, it was fun to watch it. The more I look forward to more times that you know that we get to share together, and it's kind of like the silver lining for me as a Bills fan was that personal experience. So
1: that's that's all that's totally awesome and don't sell yourself short on that like he learned that from you it's not like you have you have to take that into account it's not like you're like oh, i I'll, I'll deject it and everything he gave you that pep talk because he learned it from you isabel's fan
0: oh wow thanks john thanks you're going you're on my second wall of fame you're my second wall of fame for saying that to me <laughs> for agreeing for agreeing with that one i also wanted to give a shout out to one of our listeners ian who uh is from um ohio he made the trip down to buffalo like on a whim got flights down didn't even have a ticket until you know like a day or two before the game asked if we could come we couldn't go um but i think mike went but uh at the same time like he sent me a picture after the game john and this is how good this is ian said he sent a picture of himself at the game went by himself didn't go with his wife this time just went solo so cool there's a picture of him smiling at the stadium, and I said, dude, that's a great picture. Like, I'm just sorry that the game didn't turn out well for you. And I got I to gotta read you his response because it would have been so easy for him to be like, you know, uh, yeah, it sucked, you know, this and that. And he said, uh, I said, you know, he there's a pic- big picture of him smiling with all the snow in the background in the stadium. And I said, that's so cool, so cool. Um, I'm sorry they didn't put up, they put up such a terrible effort against the Bengals. And he said, "Best day ever." It was like wor- worth every mile. So like even even after that, like it would be so easy to be down about the team. Like after that loss, like I think a lot of us were. But he's just like, you know what? It, it, it gave me hope. You know what I mean? Like he still loved it, and it was still a huge experience where he could have been like, "What a waste of money and time that I had." Doing this, and he was just came out of it. He's like, it was still a great day. It was still an amazing day, and and I'm happy. That
1: that totally that totally makes sense because there's like a lot of camaraderie. You're there with fellow Bills fans, and like the tailgating leading up to it. I mean, the tailgating is more than half of the experience to to go to the game because you're not gonna no matter where you sit, you're not gonna see it as well as the TV and all the different angles and everything. But like just like the atmosphere, like that. that 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 really makes it i think especially for a playoff game
0: yeah yeah definitely (sighs) definitely john i i think uh you know we have some i'd say wall of shame but i feel like we've complained or you know about everything in this game i don't even know if we need to go into wall of shame is there anything that you think that we might have missed in complaining about this game or the direction of the team
1: i mean i think i already said
0: i think i think we mentioned just about every player on the team minus like josh allen and stefan Diggs, and like you know there were a lot of even the good players didn't look great today no travis white you know jordan poyer matt milano had his moments where he wasn't great i mean i think i think it was just you know we mentioned our big huge ones um i want to turn this over to uh real quick on the positive note we're going to do uh uh, Twitter giveaway. We're going to give away uh, three different uh, shirts from our T Public site. Um, if you go to the T Public site in the link in the show notes, you will see uh, all these Bill's design shirts that we have. Uh, probably not going to be a ton of people buying Bill's shirts over the next few weeks, uh, but I definitely want to uh, give those to our listeners, especially the ones that leave us a five star review. So, had some winners last week. The winner this week will be um, Doc El Jefe Smooth. Doc El Jefe Smooth. Next one is J Leach twenty six, J Leach twenty six, and the last one is bokes twenty six, B O A K S, Boakes twenty six. So those are the three winners this week. Um, I think we're going to try to roll this into next year too. Um, uh, by the way, and and I have to mention this, I. I I mentioned this on the Twitter space uh, podcast episode, and I'm going to mention it here. And John our, John, and Mike already know as our co-hosts, but Vox Media, the parent company for SB Nation, which is the parent company for Buffalo Rumblings, if you can get all that. Uh, Buffalo Rumblings right now at this moment, uh, Vox Media in general is going through a ton of layoffs of their personnel, their bloggers, their podcasters, etc. Right now, as of the time I'm recording this, Buffalo Rumblings in general isn't affected by it now um, they've already shut down some of the best podcasts um buffalo rumblings is one of their best podcasts in in all of sb nations but uh they've gotten rid of some of the really good podcasts from from uh sb nation so um that's not to say that all of buffalo rumblings i'm sorry buffalo rumblings won't be affected or that you know some of us might be affected if for whatever reason circling the wagons uh, leaves Buffalo Rumblings uh, podcast network. Uh, we will start our own feed. We will. I, we should be fine. I'm just letting you guys know. If you do not find us on Buffalo Rumblings podcast network, just search Circling the Wagons, and we'll have our own RSS feed. Like you know, we'll we'll find a way. We'll be the indie artist of Bill's podcast. We'll be the alternative alternative rock of uh, of Bill's podcasting or whatever. So we'll be that. It would think John, you love. You love uh, rock music. Give me, give me an idea of a, uh, of a, uh, of an indie artist that you like that we kind of all know or something or some sort of, you know. Can you think of any indie artists? I can't think of any off the top of my head for some reason. Have I never liked an indie artist? <laughs> just kidding. Or maybe they all became famous eventually and were never indie artists. We'll be, we'll be whatever your favorite is of that one. Nirvana. No, I just <laughs> I can't think of any indie artists. Anyway, we'll be that one. If you have one. (laughs) So you'll find us eventually. We'll create our own RSS feed or whatever for podcasting. So you can find us on all your favorite podcast um, uh, apps or whatever like that. Um, This is the time of the year, which stinks to do this, but it's a good time to do it because I want to do the thank yous for this podcast. So um, I want to thank uh, Buffalo Rumblings, obviously, Anthony, Jay Spence for doing such a great job running the network um that we work on. I want to thank all the other podcasts on the network for doing such a great job to create new listeners, to retain our listeners. Um I'm very proud to uh get along well with them. All the great writers at BuffaloRumblings.com. You've heard Scarecrow, uh Griff, uh Dan Lavoy, Sean Murphy, and I'm sure I'm missing someone also on this podcast. Um, it's just some really great writers on that, and I'll try to have more on in the off season um, as this show goes on. All the all the people that I've interviewed over the past year, whether they were former Bills players or media personalities or whatever, um, appreciate all you for coming on and talking to us. Um, appreciate uh, the folks that do the intro and outro music. To the podcast that allowed us to do that that gave us their permission it isn't (laughs) they they're not going to sue us thankfully uh dom brown does the uh does the bills raps we have two or three of them that we do on different episodes uh he does a phenomenal job find him on spotify or apple music or whatever um the outro music to the recap podcast is done by the jambronies a lot of people have been asking about both artists the jambronies are on uh, everywhere you listen to music too um, that the song that they do with the hey, 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 that's the 12th man song a lot of you have asked about, emailed me DM me um, about both artists uh, that is Dom Brown and the Jambronis doing the music thank you guys thank you to both of them for allowing us to do that please check them out on social media and, uh, and their music out on any, anywhere you stream music I uh, want to thank um, uh, my co hosts John and Mike for doing the podcast with us each and every week. Uh, it means a lot to me that I, I have a medium where I can talk to my best friends um, week in and week out. Um, and it's just such a privilege. Uh, six years ago, this is our sixth year doing this together. When we first did it, there were only like two or three other bills, podcasts, fan podcasts, at least um, nobody in the media was doing it consistently. Joe Biscalia wasn't doing it uh, uh, consistently each week. Um, and I saw that there was a market for it. So we just, took a took a dive and went for it and it's it's turned into something better than uh, I ever thought it would be um it's just great to talk to your best friends in general but to talk bills with them it's something we probably would have done anyway um it's a great excuse to keep in contact because if you get older and you get married and have kids and you know life your careers and all that stuff take a take a front seat um you just have less time to spend with your friends so this has been a great excuse to do that so i'm thankful that they continue to do this uh we're not the beatles yet we haven't broken up or anything so this is this has been a blast uh uh their knowledge their humor their entertainment value their um the work they put in each week um does not go unnoticed so i thank them for that truly sincerely i love them um, and the older I get too by the way I, I, I started to say I love you on the Twitter spaces especially for the longtime listeners and the people that come in week in week out man the older you get the more people you see go the more you realize as Mike says that we're all just meat bags you know floating through space in between the you know uh, you know uh, the points in our lives between birth and death like it's just there's just you don't have forever in this world so i'm thankful to both of them for coming on i'm thankful to our significant others i'm thankful to our wives or girlfriends uh our families who you know don't get to spend that much more time with us whether we're at a game or whether we're recording late at night we don't get a chance to put the kids to bed or whatever or they might have to make dinner without us or whatever uh that they put on the back burner for us um truly appreciative for uh those individuals for doing that for us uh very appreciative for that and then i want to thank uh you know delago our sponsor uh the DraftKings sportsbook at delago and the delago resort and casino great sponsors um they've done a ton of great work we've been with them for i believe this 3 or 4 years now every time i go there i'm so impressed i have a blast it is one of those things where we would not sp- Uh, ask someone to be our sponsor if we didn't truly believe in their product uh it is such a cool experience being there at the DraftKings Sportsbook at Delago to be able to place bets there and then watch the games Is a it's just that sportsbooks in general are a cool experience but that one is uh is truly special so appreciate them over there for sponsoring the podcast as they do um and and then lastly but definitely not leastly is the listeners of the podcast Um, All of you that have been with us since the beginning, since six years ago, those of you who have been with us just a few years or two years or one year or found us somehow this season or found us this episode, um, appreciate you guys uh, giving us a chance, uh, listening to us, uh, giving us your thoughts, uh, whether it's over Twitter or over on the Twitter spaces that we are released uh, more so this year than ever, Um, whether it's over Instagram or Facebook or whatever, appreciate the heck out of you. All the kind words that you've given us uh, over the years uh, don't go lost on us whatsoever. Um, Very thankful for all of that. Um, Helps keep us going and helps us continue to try to improve so that no matter what we're giving you, uh, we're trying to entertain you first and foremost. We're trying to talk bills with you because, you know, let's be honest, like there's a lot of people out there that you know, we you might talk bills with your friends or whatever, but there's a lot of people that don't have uh Bill's uh fans that are friends, you know, that might live in a different area or just, you know, are deployed or serving our country somewhere else. Um, you know, they just don't have that. So hopefully we provide that for you. Hopefully we give you that Bill's banter. Hopefully we entertain you and hopefully we give you we we leave you with something to think about for the Buffalo Bills as far as week in and week out to watch for or something like that. So uh I don't think I've missed anything. John is there anything that I've missed for like thank yous? I think I hit just about everyone from anyone that's ever lived and anyone that's uh ever not lived in the world. I think I've I think I've hit on on everything.
1: Man, you almost sound like, this is the end. Like, you're going to have episodes of the off-season. <laughs> we're going to talk about
0: free agency and the draft, right? Like, this is going to keep going, right? This is just the beginning. This is just <laughs> – it makes me want to uh... – yeah, you're right. That We're going to keep going um, next, starting next week. <laughs> starting next week, we're going to be giving you more and more episodes. We're going to talk a lot about, you know, uh, needs into the off-season. Who,
1: who, who, who are we ready for? Like the the rest of the way, so this, we got Cincinnati and Kansas City, and we got San Francisco and Philadelphia. Who who are you rooting for?
0: Oh man, uh, well we're definitely not rooting for Kansas City. <laughs> we're rooting for the Bengals, and then I'm rooting for ah uh, oh, man, Joe Burrow versus. Uh, I don't know if I want him to play a third string quarterback or if that's a cool exciting narrative or like if i really want like the the eagles bangles i feel like would be a really exciting super bowl with two really young quarterbacks uh two of the best you know young quarterbacks in the nfl i think that's what i'm rooting for eagles bangles what about you
1: i think so so like anybody but kansas city so <laughs> i'll take yeah any of the, the three it really doesn't matter after that like um I hate the Super Bowls where I hate both teams. Like you know, if it was like a Dallas, Kansas City Super Bowl, I really I would really hate that. But I'm glad that Dallas is out and uh so yeah, I think yeah, I'm definitely rooting Cincinnati next week. Mm-hmm. San Francisco, Philly, like I'm just rooting for a good game. hmm Really. Yeah. Just a you know, as a fan. Um, and then yeah, we'll
0: take it from there, I guess. You know, what's funny is that, like, sometimes I love this next week, even if we're not in it, because sometimes the AFC NFC championships are better. One of those games is better than the actual Super Bowl, right? So that'll be uh, like you could argue the Bills Chiefs, even even though it wasn't a championship game like that. Bills Chiefs game felt like the championship game, um, even though neither of those teams went to the Super Bowl. But it was an exciting. It was more exciting than the actual Super Bowl. Uh, to that except for us Bills fans because they lost but yeah yeah. I'm, ex- I'm excited for next week's game um, but we'll talk more I think what we're going to do is we're going to start breaking down the offseason needs strengths weaknesses the salary cap which doesn't look great <laughs> right now uh, players that they might look to cut or restructure in order to um, in order to make room in the salary cap for so it's going to be an exciting time as a Bills fan um, don't don't get down on it like there's still you know 30 what Mike always says each week and I know he's not here right now but he says it's each each year I should say is that 31 fan bases walk away like angry right or upset or sad and you know we just happen to be one of the 31 again (laughs) this season so (sighs) (sighs) I mean (laughs) it's not (laughs) I don't know did I, yeah. did I send you back into a, a depression spiral? <laughs> <laughs> the uh, It's
1: always funny because, like, cause like, at work, you know, so, like, there's, you know, different fans at work of different teams. And it's like, oh, the Bills never won a ring. It's like, well, you know, there are games before the Super Bowl. The Bills won two championships. They're like, oh, that doesn't count. I'm like, well, okay, so the, all the Packers championships don't count before 1967. Like, I don't know. I... <laughs>
0: that's so it dumb it counts <laughs>
1: <laughs> they've they've won it all twice they merged and they merged afterwards like
0: mm-hmm. i'd argue i'd argue uh, that if you didn't watch the super bowl where your team won then that, that doesn't even count <laughs> like if you didn't like if you're a dolphins fan say hey at least we won two super bowls or whatever however many they won and it's just like yeah but you weren't alive for it. If you're under fifty five, you didn't going, see you're it.
1: You're going against what I just said about the <laughs> not Yeah, alive. well, that was it's different. That 50s. was a championship,
0: Well, <laughs> <laughs> championship. But like, I count
1: the AAFC championship, like the Browns, like all those years without a grind before they were in the NFL. Like that counts, like all, all what they did. Um, but no, no, like to your to your point. If we want to go that way, like there's a Cowboys fan that in, at my place of work who was like two years old when they beat the Bills. Yeah, like, doesn't like, count. He's an, he's an, he obviously doesn't remember that. <laughs> if you have to hear about the... But su- he brings it up all brings the it- time. <laughs>
0: Be like, if you have to hear about the Super Bowl from your dad, then it doesn't count. <laughs> or your grandfather, like, because you weren't alive to witness it, then it doesn't count. I mean, it doesn't count for bragging rights. It still counts in the record books, but you didn't get to brag about it. Your team didn't You didn't witness it. You didn't root for that team all season. You didn't bleed and whatever, or blood, sweat, and tears for your team. You didn't have any of those for the team that season. You didn't live and die with every play. That doesn't count. So I think, I think I'm good I at mean, that.
1: I, if, I mean, if you're a fan from birth, then I guess you can do whatever. I, I don't know if you was or not, but I mean, for me, like... You know, Joe Ferguson jersey, and you know, I'm six months old or eight months old, so I was like, yeah, all right. I'm pretty confident that I can take claim to anything the Bills did previous to that. <laughs> that's a good point. Because, hey, you. <laughs> you know, the, it's in the family, right? Yeah. You know, like, at that point, it's, it's, you know, Bills mafia, Bills family. Um,
0: Joe Ferguson jersey I, is six or eight months old. That's, that's a cool story. Yeah.
1: Or at least a shirt. I mean, yeah, it's funny. The, the The funny part of the story is like when I was older, it's like, oh, number twelve, Jim Kelly. I had a Jim Kelly shirt when I was a baby. And <laughs> <laughs> And then a little bit later on, i felt like, "Wait a second, Jim Kelly it was a Bill." And wait, wait a second. When was he drafted and again? Oh no. yeah, it was before. That wasn't that wasn't Jim Kelly. <laughs> yeah, without giving That's away kind of our funny. age,
0: yeah, let's say it. <laughs> let's just say Jim Kelly was drafted <laughs> after that after you were born. Uh, yep, he was drafted point.
1: after I was born, and and uh, obviously Bill. Oh yeah, 15, that's what I meant. So, he was that's what I um, meant. He
0: was a bill after you were born. That makes you sound younger. So, <laughs>
1: but he, but even when he was drafted, he drafted in eighty three. Oh, was he? So, is it eighty
0: three? Oh jeez, I thought it was eighty six yeah, for some reason. That,
1: yeah, so that's even still after it, he went.
0: He was with the Gamblers for three years before. Oh jeez. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, no, that's a good that's a good story. That's a good one. I am glad you shared that one. I did not. I don't know if I knew the. Oh, I think I, you did tell me the Ferguson story once. But still, I love hearing that stuff. I have too much stuff in my head. I forget some things get pushed out easily, so that's a good one. That'll always be. That's uh, what she said. <laughs> <laughs> some things get pushed out of my head easily. Is that what? Is that what? The, that's what she said for. <laughs> <laughs> no? uh, he said that was a good one. That was a good one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, John, I miss your That's what she said. Jokes. Um, Thank you guys all for listening. Um, any final thoughts, John, before we end this really long, long podcast? Even without Mike, it was a long one.
1: No, I'm... That's what she said. <laughs> I'm <right? laughs> I was surprised it was this long, considering the loss. To be honest, you know, I thought it'd be
0: half as long. <laughs> I don't. Me too. Me too. We didn't even read any tweets. I just have tweets. I always have tweets, you know, ready, locked and loaded, in case uh, in case it goes a little bit shorter. But we didn't even have time for it, so I'm fine with that. So, all right. Well, signing off for the last time in the 2022, I guess 2023, 2022 regular season and off season. John, well, that's
1: a lot of pressure. The way that. Just wait, way I set that
0: up yeah don't screw this up <laughs> that's what she said <laughs> wait
1: i don't have anything profound to say i'm sad right now but i'm sure that we'll turn it around I, I i hope that uh uh bills front office will have a good off season and uh i'd look forward to talking about that uh go bills
0: yeah, John, I think you hit it on the head. I think I think the future is bright for the Bills. They're going to have to make some changes. They're going to have to change some approaches. But that doesn't mean that they can't get better and that next year we're talking about a deeper run in the postseason and hopefully a Super Bowl run. So for me, Nate, go Bills, and we'll talk to you guys again next week.